Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 122 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia River Boulevard. For all your playoff needs for adult beverages, get over to Outlet Liquor. Tell them Two Goalies, One Mike sent you. I am joined by my co-host, Connor Hurley. Hurls, how are you doing? How have you enjoyed round one so far? And how is life on the West Coast? Uh, life on the West Coast is pretty good. We had a rough winter, and I know that uh, me saying that might be uh, seen as a little uppity. Uh, but, uh, for about two months here, it rained like every single day. It was in the forties. It was actually pretty cold by LA standards. So, uh, just in the past two weeks though, thankfully, um, we're back to 65, 75 and sunny every day. No rain in the forecast for the next two months. So we're back to what I expect at least. Um, it's not why I moved here, but it's just my situation. Um, and also the best part about being on the West coast is that, Playoff games start at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you get out of work and you get on certain nights, two or three playoff games at the same time. It's really, really nice. And as you said, the uh, playoffs have been absolutely electric thus far. So many overtime games, so many close series, no sweeps whatsoever, competitive hockey. Um, it's what we expected uh, with the level of talent that has uh, graced the NHL this year. So it's it's been a lot of fun to watch thus far. Yeah, and um, again, you know, kind of uh, just, you know, no easy series is so far. I mean, obviously Carolina's up 3-1 to one on the Isles, but other than that, like, everything's been pretty tight in the first round. Um, I, I've enjoyed, you know, it's been some one of the more fun first rounds, and I've always enjoyed the first round the most because it's always been the most physical, most brutalizing round of hockey you know, in the playoffs. And it's just been a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, when you have Austin Matthews and Stan- Steven Stamkos fighting, I mean, that says a lot. And, uh, or Linus Olmark challenging Matthew Kachuk. I wish uh, they would have let him go. Oh, that would be fantastic. Um, but, hey, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, Leafs are in familiar territory, up 3-1 to one in the first round. But, you know, that's, you know, especially when you're the Leafs, it's never, you know, just because you're up three games to one, you can never really feel comfortable. 
uh, because they have a history of blowing huge leads like that. So, uh, but yeah, we'll get into that. But other than that, man, uh, life here in Buffalo, um, your typical Buffalo spring. Um, we were in the high mid seventies earlier, uh, late last week, and now it's been in the mid forties. So, you know, typical Buffalo spring, uh, you know, you're never really sure when you're going to get the really consistency with the warm weather. Hopefully it's soon to come, but, uh, I was able to get out and golf, uh, a couple times last weekend, which was nice. I hit an 86 at diamond Hawk, which is pretty bumped about, pretty um, good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially at that course. I don't know if you've yeah. ever played that course. Yeah, no, I played it once. That's tough. That's uh, the front that's nine crazy. is very unforgiving. Very, yeah. very unforgiving. Um, there, you know, there's, you know, you, you better hit it straight or you're losing your ball on that front nine. So, uh, was pretty pumped, you know. Uh, and then the time I went before that, I think I mentioned before, but I knocked down an 80 foot birdie, uh, uh, which which was pretty awesome with my 60 degree. No hole in one though. Yeah, you had a hole in one. They're just cool. Uh, yeah, no hole in one though. Yeah, yeah. No I won a tournament no this past Sunday too. So uh, now that it's the off season for me, now that the Sabers are done, I've, I'm in full golf mode as the team is. Yeah. Um, I actually saw Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins playing together uh, down in South Carolina last week. I think they were at Hilton Head. I'm not sure. Kind of sucks because obviously we wish uh, they'd be playing in the first round right now. But uh, they had a, they had a tough season. A lot of injuries. Um, Really good stretch run, so it's good to see the boys out there enjoying themselves. Yeah, it just uh, – I think, you know, uh, Yoki Haru and Olmark look like they've been golfing a lot together uh, via uh, Olmark's Instagram account. Um, before that, it was Paterka and Olmark. You know, it seems like the guys are kind of sticking together and just enjoying their time. Do you mean you – know, you, you know, not, uh, not going their separate ways. You mean looking in not Olmark, right? I hope not. I'm sorry. Yes, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. The, uh, the two Finnish guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. great. Like, as as we've talked about, like, team's really close, and it doesn't seem like these guys are all just going to go their their separate ways in the offseason. Like, we've seen that in the past where everyone just leaves Buffalo. They go elsewhere. They go to Canada. They go to their lake houses. They go overseas. It seems like a lot of these guys really – they said it in their exit interviews. They really do want to stay in Buffalo. They want to form the culture there. They want to create a community – not just within the Buffalo community, but a community amongst themselves. And I think they're close enough and hopefully they keep the core together to the point where that, that remains the same. So they have that continuity going into next season. I think that would be honestly the best thing that they can do this summer, just to keep those vibes at an all time high. Well, not an all time, but at least as high as they've been in a long time. So I think that actually low key is a pretty good thing to look out for this off season. If we see these guys spending time together and getting to know each other even more than they already do. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, last night advanced to the, uh, championship game in my, uh, roller hockey league. Pretty pumped about nice. that. Nice. In 30 and over, uh, you know, the old man's league, essentially. Nothing wrong with uh, that. I mean, I feel pretty old, but, uh, yeah, I mean, same. I played two, two games in a row last week, probably the worst game of my life on Wednesday. And then I came back on Thursday and wanted a shootout. So hey. it's, it's a physical and mental battle every single week. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, I, I play, I play defense at roller. I okay. can't do goalie and roller. It's just too much yeah. on your hips and your knees, not being able it is to slide. It is I, I, I used to be I used to be a stud uh at roller and net, but um I just hated it. I hated everything about it. Um I don't like it either, but gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes. Yeah, but uh we won eight to two. It was actually one one going into either one one or two one going into the third, and then floodgates just opened. Um I had a pretty nasty uh, you know, uh between between the between the legs, uh 
backhand toe drag early in the first uh, coming in wide on the, on the blocker side, um, you know, drag, fake the shot, went between the legs, uh, pulled to my backhand, forehand, backhand, lifted it over his blocker and hit the post. Oh, dude. Uh, I would have been six to midnight if that would have won in. Who, who says who says goalies don't have hands? How yeah, I, mean, I have hands ish. Hands ish. We'll take it. I personally don't um, at all. That's partially why I switched. So yeah. Um, but I yeah, I, I you know, after that, just kind of stayed back and played D and uh took that one home pretty easily in the third period, eight to two. And then uh we played tomorrow at seven fifteen. Uh, for all those who want to attend, everybody, get, everybody, get out there! If you were the North Town go to the Twins. Eastern Standard Time. I'd be know, there. Uh, if I was still in West Team Eastern. Blue. I'm not sure if we're Team Blue or Team Green. We don't even name. We're Team Blue or Team Green in the 30 up league, and uh, you know, 7:15. So love it. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm pumped for that. You know, our men's league uh, at Harbor Center is getting ready to start up again here soon for the summer session whole new group of guys coming back, you know, and then we have our you know, small core group of guys. So, um, but yeah, excited for that too. So, but uh, nobody really cares about that. We'll get right into the playoffs. Obviously again, an exciting first round um, as a Sabres fan, you hate to see the Leafs playing well. You hate to see Jack Eichel playing well with the Vegas golden Knights, uh, you know, but again, the, I, I've, I've enjoyed watching that as a Seattle Kraken series tied up at two. That's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think that's been the most interesting and most, you know, fun series for me to watch um, when I have been able to. And then obviously I'm always paying attention to what's going on with the Leafs and hoping that they just, you know, you know, continue the trend of not getting past the first round. So, I mean, but, uh, I don't know what, what, what have you enjoyed the most in this first round? I mean, I, like you said, started off enjoying the Leafs not playing well. Um, I think last night kind of, I don't want to say, like you say, never say never with the Leafs because they have a history of blowing leads, but you're up four to one as the Lightning in game four at home on your home ice and you blow that lead and let the Leafs come back and make it a 3-1 series. Um, I think the Leafs are the better team. I think going into this, um, I think they had the advantage in a lot of different areas and more than anything, it's as, as we've discussed, the Lightning have played more games than any team in the past three seasons, strictly because they've gotten the Stanley Cup all three years. So they're tired. You can kind of just tell. Like, if you blow a 4-1 lead in the playoffs, it's got to be at least something to do with fatigue. Um, John Cooper mentioned the three goals that the Leafs scored. He doesn't put them on Vasilevsky, and I wouldn't necessarily either, just because they are really good tips. But mm -hmm. That's also attributed to not having your defenseman clear the front of the net, tie yeah. up sticks, be as tough as they usually are. And I would at least like lead that would lead me to believe that these guys aren't as on it as they have been in the past. You don't see those types of goals in these past two or three playoffs no. from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, obviously, the team's not as good, but yeah, I gosh, I couldn't believe they blew that lead. And I do believe that the Leafs um, actually do get out of the first round tomorrow night at home. I really do believe we'll they're the see. better team. I, I, I mean, just for yeah. free hockey. I mean, you never know. Yeah. But. I want I want as much hockey as we can. The NHL has to be loving this. No sweeps here in the first round. Sure. You're going to get – they're going to get their money's worth, uh, you know, both ticket sales, TV, you know, you know, TV advertising, you know, the whole shebang. They're getting their money's worth this for this first round – in the first round this year. And – um I hope that game, I hope that somehow series goes seven games just for 
just to watch Leafs yeah. fans. For entertainment kind of purposes, like that would be great for us, obviously. But yes. I honest, I really believe Sam Sonoff appears to have figured it out. Um, the the Leafs top guys are all they're all getting it done. They're all scoring. They're all producing. Um, they got that toughness that they needed. Like Noel Chari, as we as we saw at the deadline, Kerfoot's playing well. Luke Shen's playing well. He's he's making hits. It just seems like they finally have, and obviously Ryan O'Reilly, they finally have the team to get out of the first round. We'll see what happens after that. Whether I think they would have to play the Hurricanes if they eventually eventually beat the Islanders, or maybe it's the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, either way, like that's a tough series. So yeah, it's it's somewhat disappointing, and I I kind of liken it to what's happened with the Oilers and the Kings. Um, Obviously, everybody expects the Oilers to advance. Like, they were my cup pick. They have the best player in the world. They probably have the second best player in the world, the way Leon Dreisaitl's been Dreisaitl's been on the ice for all 14 of their goals. Yeah, he's been incredible. And it's not just because of McDavid. He's been amazing. Um, But even the Kings the other night, they blew a 3-0 lead. Um, It's obviously, like you said, it's good for viewership. But, like, that never happens in the playoffs. Like, it seems like either the defense or the goaltending with a lot of these teams, like, even the best guys like Connor Hellebuck, like he hasn't played up to his standard uh, that we've been used to. The only guy that's really been like largely as good as we thought he would have been would be Shesterkin. Uh, and even yep. that series is tied at two now, uh, two road wins on each side for the Rangers and the Devils. So, yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's been up and down. I'm obviously not following as closely as I would have if the Sabres were in it. But like you see stuff on social media, you see stuff on uh, ESPN's homepage, like it is gaining traction. And I think, like you said, like it is as good for the league as they could have wanted. And the only thing that could make it worse is if Connor McDavid loses in the first round, which I really hope doesn't happen. Even being out here in LA, like they need their best player to be showcased as much as, po- as possible. Yeah. Um, I, and again, it, it, it's in, in terms of that, uh, the Rangers devil series. I mean, I think that's the one that, in terms of just rivalry, um, like tradition, you know, just get you know, you, you, you kind of look back at a lot of those mid to late '90s matchups they had back, you know, back in the old days with Mike Richter and Marty Broder. Like I, I've loved every second of that series too. Um, you know, seeing a young Devils team and experience they take accountability after going down two games to none. And flying totally. their way back in, back in and tying that series up. And I love Lindy Ruff's one comment. Uh, what's the goalie's name again? Uh, what is it? Is that the guy that came in, Schmied, for the for the Devils? Yeah. Uh, Schmied. Like Schmied, yeah. Um, he, they asked him about his rebounds. He goes, well, the good thing about our rebounds usually means your goalie's making the saves. Uh, you know? I don't think we'd ever we would have heard Lindy used to say that back in the day when he coached. No, he was, he was he was usually pretty tough on goalies. Yeah, you would have never heard him say that. Yeah. Uh, and again, just that's been a really fun series to watch. I, I that's another series I hope goes seven games too, just for entertainment value. It's yeah. it's gonna, it's been fantastic. I thought um, it would from the beginning, to be honest, just the way those two teams have played each other. But now that you have two road wins, like the ser- series doesn't start. What do they say? Like the series doesn't start until somebody loses a game at home. Yeah. I mean, it started in game one, and obviously now it's yeah. two. So a lot of teams um, are all having trouble winning games at home. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy to be honest. Like one, you usually don't see that. One of the things too at Tampa too is Vasilevsky. I don't know if it's just me or if you've noticed too. He's had a lot of trouble tracking the puck from the point. Like well, I mean, it pucks through. They mean it pucks through, and there's been tips, but he's had issues with it. And I don't know if yeah. that's something that 
Tampa, you know, that, that Toronto has paid attention to uh, because it seems like they keep on filtering that puck back to the point and, you know, they, they keep forcing, forcing the puck to the point to get the shot on that. Yeah. I mean, I found it interesting listening to, to John Cooper after the game last night, just because they effectively were trying to get him to say like, is there a, like, what would you say about Vasilevsky's play so far? And he like really did defend him. He was like, no goalie in the world is stopping these pucks that are tipped right in front of him. Um, so yeah, like when it comes down to puck tracking, like, as a goalie, like that's the number one thing. Of course you want to track it from the point and get in front of it. If you get beat cleanly, like that's on you. But with the Kerfoot goal and a few of these other goals, like what is he supposed to do? And it could be fatigue from his end, but like I really do believe like these defensemen like Victor Hedman and um, a lot of these guys that have played in the playoffs the past three years, like they're not as tough in front of their net as they as, as they once were. And no, that no. has been the driving they force think, for their three They miss Saranac a lot. Yeah, they do. Exactly. And I mean, they miss Saranac a lot. And the, the last mean, two games, there were one goal games. Uh, both in OT, and I think Saranac could have been a di- huge difference maker for them, especially with these plays that they're th- th- like, just how congested it's been below the dots in front of the Tampa Bay net. That's where you, you kind of you you wish you had Saranac on the ice because he clears that he clears those lanes for Vasilevsky to see those shots. And I mean, maybe that is the biggest difference maker in this series for Toronto. I mean, it's not the play of Austin Matthews; been absolutely electric. It's yeah. the fact that you don't have to deal with a guy like Saranac on the blue line. It's yeah, true. Like would, he, uh, that much of a difference maker. I would never wish, in, wish injury on a guy, no. but if it were to happen to anybody, karma karma comes around. I don't know if you remember the Lightning Sabres games this year, but some of the hits that Chernak threw against, um, I forget who it was specifically, but he's done that his whole career. I know Michael, oh, yeah. Michael, Michael got, got suspended, but like the type of game that he plays, it's going to come right back to him. And unfortunately in this instance, like, it was a dirty play by Bunting and he got hurt and who knows when he'll be back. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like they have played this type of game in the past. Everybody knows the lightning is a team that plays very physically. And they also like complain to the refs all the time. You saw it in the yeah. lightning Sabres games uh, this season. So I just, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I really do believe the run has come to, to come to that end. And from a Leafs perspective, they needed this. They absolutely needed some fatigue. They needed some a little lack of luster uh, when it came from the Lightnings, because otherwise this team was just going to beat them in the first round every single season. So mm-hmm. I think they got lucky, but they do have the team. They got a little bit more toughness, and obviously their stars are proving why they're stars. So yep. we'll yeah, see what happens. Really tomorrow. Like, it's been incredible too. Yeah, like they're, they're top guys that they're paying forty million dollars. Like they are proving it, which is what they needed. And Samsonov after a rough game one. He has figured it out. So it, while we say it in jest, of course, we want the Leafs to lose. Like, they are an exciting team. And I think it obviously is good for the league to see them succeed as long as possible. So we'll see what happens. I would love for it to go to seven, but I do believe it's going to end tomorrow night. Now, if if they do get past the first round, but that's it. They don't get past the second round. Like, that's the thing, is though. Like, is still on the hot seat? Is Sheldon Keefe still on the hot seat there? No, I don't think so. Especially if you they win their, so? if they win their up, first. If they don't get past the second round? If they win their first round series, I, I really don't believe they they get rid of him. They have so much success in the past three seasons, especially with him, and they have that team. If they don't get past the second round, I think they obviously look for a better goalie, uh, a more consistent guy that they can trust, whether that be the top free agent this offseason, Corpusalo, like we've talked about Varlamov, or somebody else to come in there to give them more consistency. Because like that's been their biggest thing over the past 
10 to 15 years, right? They don't have Curtis Joseph anymore. They don't have like a guy that they can completely trust. And they haven't had that guy for a long time. So I really do believe that is what they're, uh, I mean, I would say Dubas more than Keith would probably be um, on the chopping block or at least considered. I think Dubas has done everything he could obviously outside the goaltending thing. That's what I'm saying. Like Um, that's the biggest thing for them. Like I just, if they don't have the guy that they can trust, like, this is going to happen every single playoffs. He took he took a crack with Murray to start the season, which is, I guess, high high uh, low risk, high reward. He didn't cost you a ton. You no, hope that he gets like, back to his form that he was with Pittsburgh during those Cup runs. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you get a guy like Samson off who um, there was very high expectations for him. He didn't live up to him in in, in Washington. Um, you hope that he finds his game and you know reestablishes himself as the goalie he once was. Um, but other than that, like Dubas has done, I mean, bringing in Ryan O'Reilly, TJ yeah. Brody, uh, you know, uh, Mar- uh, sorry, Shen, Luke Shen, just all these guys he brought in. And what more top to bottom of that lineup is he supposed to do? I mean, I think I think Sheldon Keith might be the guy that you would probably look at yeah. as the the one to go, not Dubas. Yeah, I, I guess I guess we'll see what happens, and it, it depends on what type of series it is. Like if they if they get swept by the Hurricanes or the Bruins, like obviously that would be uh, a red alarm. I I really do think it is easier said than done to just like get that guy in net. Like I say this like somewhat facetiously, but like not everybody can have a prospect like Devin Levi. No, like not everybody can be as blessed as the Sabers were to have had Ryan Miller to have Dominic Hasek. Like the Leafs throughout their history haven't had the best goalies. I know they did back in the day when they won their cups, but like, it's a different game now. They haven't had it in the modern NHL. So they've done everything they needed to do in the bottom of their lineup and in their defense. But like, if you don't have that guy in the way that even Boston went out and got Elmark, like we knew Elmark was good from his time with the Sabres. Yeah. And, And like Carolina, they play a better defensive structure and it worked with Freddie Anderson. Now it's working with anti Ranta. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think they're good enough defensively to make up for the fact that they've always had average goaltenders. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like if Samsonov continues to stay hot, like I do believe they have the talent that they could beat anybody. They just need to have that guy that only lets up two to three goals a game. So, you also, you also got to hope that if you don't get past, if it, it, well, A, if you don't get past for B, if you only get past first on and do nothing more than that, like say, you, know, you 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 win you win you win tomorrow night, you know, end the end the first round drought, but then you get you know dummied in the second round. Either you get swapped or you lose four games to one. Like yeah. Austin Matthews, I mean, you have both their contracts ending in the same year. Are those both guys that are going to want to return and just kind of go through this vicious cycle, um, especially in such a hot market where you know criticism you know, from at least from the media is probably none worse than it is in Toronto. Um, You know, again, I know the speculation about Austin Matthews is always with Arizona. Like, is he, is he going to go back home? But I'm a big conspiracy theorist guy. I love, I love a good conspiracy theory. I'm convinced that when, when uh, Pittsburgh won the lottery for Sidney Crosby, it was fixed hundred percent. I thought Mario Lemieux himself might have been picking that lottery ball out out of there. Um, I am convinced that if, um, I'm convinced that Arizona's winning the draft lottery this year. Well, I personally think it's going to be the Blackhawks, but no way, no way. 
I, I mean, if, I, if I'm being a conspiracy theorist, it's going to be Arizona because Gary Bettman is doing everything he can to get hockey to work in Arizona. And they're but getting like they don't even team. have an arena, but they're like, getting an arena. Are, are they yeah. building a new one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a getting okay. built. Okay. It's getting right. built. They're getting a brand new spank. So brand they're, new they're, playing in a, they're playing they're in a college arena. arena until that happens. But, like, as you said, he's doing everything he can. But is it ever going to work? Like, I know that they have a lot. Like, Tate Thompson's from Arizona. Uh, Austin Matthews is from Arizona. I think there's another guy recently that also came out of Arizona. Like, they have the like the youth hockey there. They have the program. Yeah, they, like, they're, they're hockey. I think it's also I, – I, from what I remember when – they were uh, locate where they were located before when they were the Phoenix Coyotes. Um, I guess the arena was located in a really terrible place. It, it wasn't a focal point, you know, to, as far as driving driving attention to the team. I remember reading about it. Um, I guess this time around it's going to be different, hopefully for their sake. And then you hear about even more expansion. I'm hearing with the next like five to six years, you give thirty five to 36 teams in the NHL, which is insanity to me. Um, I mean, and watch, yeah. watch Quebec still not get a hockey team. I mean, Atlanta has a lot of smoke uh, because they're, yeah, they're, for they're a building third time. that, that like, <laughs> big convention center outside of the city, north of the city now. So, I mean, it's not the worst idea given that it's such a big transportation hub and it is a huge market. Could, um, you, could you imagine being a Quebec fan, a Quebec yeah, hockey I, fan, and seeing Atlanta get their third hockey team, and then you're just really, like, yeah. what the I fuck? Mean, more than anybody, obviously, Quebec deserves it. So yeah, I, I hope I, they I get know. it. Um, but, but yeah, I believe I truly believe they win the draft lottery, and that's gonna you know be so much incentive for a guy like Austin Matthews when his contract is up. Kind of looking like, you know, it'd be really a lot of fun to go back home and play with the next Connor McDavid. You know, yeah, literally, uh, literally named Connor. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I I like I think they know they messed up by letting McDavid go to Edmonton in terms of like his visibility around the league or not even around the league, around the country, around the world. Like Connor McDavid is the best player in all four major sports, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. He's better than the second best person who's on his own team. And that second best person's only really as good as he is because he plays with him on the power play for the most part. Yeah. I just think that like to to lead credence to your to your theory, like they know they messed up by letting him go to Edmonton. Arizona. What is that? A one or two hour time difference on the East Coast? Uh, I think they're one Not ahead three. of us. They're I think they're Mountain Time, so I think it's two hours. Um, yeah, so I mean it's not nearly as bad as the three. I mean you can still market. Yeah. You can but still market him. Uh, that's the thing, yeah. though. Like I don't think Connor Connor Bedard is going to be Connor McDavid. I really don't. I don't think I still think he's going to be an elite hockey player. He's going to be really, really good, but like I don't think anyone's going to be McDavid. The, the what he's done in the league, let alone just this year since he's since he's arrived, is just absolutely remarkable. Um, and like we thought, Eichel was going to be like the one A to one, the one B to one A, like not even close. That also, that also, the the, the that also entailed. There was so much smoke around that draft, and the consolation prize was was Eichel. Like, yeah, it's why you needed to tank so you'd have one or two. Yeah, one of the like, two. I, you saw how upset Tim Murray was when the Sabers didn't get the number one pick. He obviously wanted McDavid. Um, gosh, if only that ping pong ball had rolled yep. the Sabers way that day. Um, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, yeah, I mean specifically that series. Like, I think the Kings are a bad matchup for the Oilers. I really do. Um, 
just the way they play the game. They're very defensively sound and they have guys that can put the puck in the net and Corpus Allo, as we've seen in the past can steal you a game. Like he had, I think 85 saves in that uh, overtime game against the lightning a few years ago. It was in the bubble, but he had 85 saves. Um, So he's a guy that can do it. And obviously it's two, two, it's going back, back home to Edmonton. And they of course need to win that game because the Kings Mm. are really, really good at home. But if McDavid has a first round exit, I, I can't even imagine how upset the league would be. Uh, I mean, Gary Bettman doesn't seem like he gives a shit either way. But for the people that really care about hockey and the visibility of it, you need McDavid to go. <laughs> and personally, selfishly, like I hope he does too because I like watching him. And I think everybody mm-hmm. enjoys watching him who really yeah, care. I mean, him. especially you get McDavid, you know, again, uh, more 8 o'clock games as the, as the playoffs go on. Yeah. You know, more, you know easier to stomach watch games. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it's just, you, you gotta, you gotta find a way to market that guy as much as you can. The best way to market is them deep playoff runs. And yeah, uh, for sure. it would be the greatest thing if they, how many, like, let, let's say it was Bruins, Bruins Oilers or Rangers Oilers in the cup final. Was it 160 points he had this season? 165. I think Jesus. Wow. Basically two points per game. Yeah. I mean, he just did, he did otherworldly stuff and there's no reason he can't do that every single season from now on, given the way the game is played these days. So much more offense, so much more goal scoring, um, emphasis on the power play. The dude is faster than everybody else. He's better than everybody else. Not even close. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, as much visibility on a Michael Jordan-type player as possible would be the greatest thing for the NHL. So Would you say say right now he is the most dominant player in his sport across all four sports? Well, that's why, yeah, like 100%. And it's not even close. Not even close, in my opinion. Like, the the best comparison would be Shohei Shohei Otani, in my opinion, given the fact that he's so dominant at pitching and a very good hitter. But he's not even the best hitter. And obviously, like, oh, how how could he be be the best at both? But in my opinion, like, that's the closest comparison. Like, there's a debate for MVP in the NBA between Jokic and Embiid. Um, they're both obviously very good, but there is a yep. debate. Um, football, like, who even knows who the best player is now? I, obviously, Mahomes. But, like, it's not that big of a difference between Mahomes and Allen, Mahomes and Burrow. Um, and, like, you can make an argument for a lot of different guys. Jalen Hurts now. So, the fact that McDavid is head and shoulders above everybody else in his sport. And it's a very hard sport to do that. Like, it's a very team specific, not individual sport, and he's by far the best player. So, yeah, they they need to do whatever they possibly can to to market him, and they're not doing a great um, job so far. While we've been talking, the Oilers have got one up two nothing uh, um, tonight. Robertson getting the second goal, uh, another electric player. That's so much fun to watch. The, the stars, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, stars. Yeah, I apologize. Yes, yeah, stars. Um, in that series of Dallas and Wild, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, Robertson getting the second goal. Uh, another player that's absolutely electric to watch. And another player that anybody that who doesn't follow hockey has no idea who he is, which is yeah. insane to me. Specific, not to necessarily bring race into it, but like he's an Asian. I think he's American. Is he? He might be Canadian. I'm not sure. He's an Asian NHL superstar. That doesn't happen. And like yeah. you have a lot of opportunity to market a guy like that to get him to be more seen. Like he is a top five player in the league and he will be for the next 10 years. And nobody knows who he is. <laughs> it's just insane to me, but that's the, 
that's the problem with the NHL. And I think it's going to continue for a long time because it, it still is a niche sport. Uh, but thankfully, people that listen to this show and the two of us and everybody else, I think Sabres fans have some of the highest uh, TV ratings for the NHL playoffs every single year, even though the Sabres aren't in mm-hmm. it. They know who these guys are. They follow the game. They know the sport. They know it inside and out. So, And the Islanders are up two to one on the Hurricanes, about three minutes left in the second period. Uh, obviously a must win situation for the, uh, for the Islanders, um, goals in that game coming from, for the Isles, Peter Engvall and Brock Nelson, um, obviously Sorokin net 21 saves on 22 shots against Hurricanes lone goal coming from Derek Stepan, um, anti-Ranta with 11 saves on 13 shots against, uh, again, I, I, I honestly, a series that I haven't really shown a ton of interest in because it's been really boring, low scoring hockey, just very, you know, low, very, you know, low, uh, entertainment value for me in terms of anything having to do with the New York Islanders. Yeah. Well, I just like, I just like watching Sor- Sorokin personally. Well, I as think. a goalie, yeah, you yeah, love watching, yeah. you know, you love watching a guy like Sorokin, but I just, I can't get into those games, man. It's tough. I mean, no, it's it's tough for any casual fan to do so unless you would like really, really care about the team. Um, but I mean, with me in any hockey game, I love watching any goalie, let alone like one of the best in the league. Um, when you watch a Rangers game, I, I try to focus in on Shesterkin and with the Islanders, obviously he's a he's a top five goalie. So it is cool to watch him. And I think he's obviously kept kept them in it as much as he possibly can. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, he's he's been fun to watch. Yep, and then uh, obviously the play of Shesterskin. I think he's like in my when you talk about Sorokin, I feel the same way about Shesterskin. Guys, just you know, otherworldly. I guess you know if you. I mean, would you still consider Vlasilevsky the best goalie in the world, or would you? Would, are you giving that title to Shesterskin? No, I, I would say for me, it's. Um, I mean, I, Vasilevsky, It's tough because, like we talked about, he's played so much, and I do think the fatigue is building up a little bit. Oh yeah. But for, but for me, it's it's probably one A, one B, Shosturkin and Hellebuck, in my opinion. Um, I think Saros has a claim. Obviously, his team hasn't been in these types of positions in a long time, um, and Sorokin's obviously very good. Um, Allmark is getting into the conversation the way that he's been playing and played this season, but consistently over the past three years. And obviously right now, if I'm going to take a guy to win me one game, game seven of a cup final, I'm probably going to pick Shesterkin. And that's why I was so high on the Rangers coming into this playoffs and coming into the season. Like they have a pretty good team, obviously not as good as the Bruins or the firepower of the avalanche or the Oilers, but like they have a very well-rounded team and also the best goalie in the league. So I really do believe they can upset Whoever moves on, uh, I love I love Connor Hellebuck, but I don't know. I don't, right now, I'm not even putting him in my top three in the playoffs. He's he's not played well uh, this no, series. I, I mean, no, he started game one. He was great, um, but I the thing with him is that like he can just go. He can go off like with his size and his positioning. Uh, I really do, and I think his team's not as good, so that doesn't help him. But I really do love his game, and I think he's been underrated for a long time honestly uh but you know to each his own yeah i again i can he go off yes does he go off no i i need you need him to make a deep a deep deep playoff run in order for me to be in that conversation and right now it it's for me um i i i 
a game seven situation, I'm, you know, people might disagree, but I'm still taking Vasilevsky over everybody else because he's been there yeah. so often. In the past three years, for sure. I just think that this season, you can kind of tell, like, oh yeah, the, the way the definitely, yeah, that, definitely it's wearing on for sure. He's essentially played four seasons of hockey in three years. Exactly. So yeah, or again, it's, hard, it's tough for anybody, and as a bigger guy too, like it does take longer to recover and go back to back or every other night. So that's it's not an enviable position, and I, I think he still has definitely played pretty well, but I don't think he's the guy that is gonna take them on their back and bring them to another uh, cup finals appearance. I think it's going to be really speaking tough. of speaking of Connor Hellebuck, obviously Vegas has been rolling. Um, Jack Eichel has been rolling. I hate saying it, but he has been, um, yeah. you know, he's, you know, I, I think that first game, game one, where he finished that game of minus three, he's left that in the rear view and he's really been able to take over a lot of these games. Um, I think he had a three or four point night the other night. Um, do they play tonight? Uh, I think tomorrow to be honest. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. They play tomorrow night Yeah, and is that they have a chance to close that series out. I believe. Yeah, no, it's three, one started off one, nothing. They've won three straight. Um, we can all swallow our pride and say that Jack Eichel is a really good hockey player. I think yeah, I don't there's ever question question. Yeah, like nobody's hockey. ever said that. Um, never been questioned. No, it's just the way he went out. And especially after that first game is the reason that a lot of Sabres fans and most of Buffalo, like will never feel the same way about him. Personally, uh, I think he has become the villain, rightly so. And he like put that on himself, the way that he acted. Like, I, I do mm-hmm. believe that, like, of course, it was a tricky situation what happened with the surgery. But the way he acted after that first game, like, it got to his ego that he was booed. I don't mm-hmm. know how he thought he wasn't going to be booed. But the the things that he said, and now he's moved on. And I think for the most part, we've moved on too we can just watch him and appreciate for him for being a really good hockey player. And also knowing that in my opinion, I think Alex Tuck is just as good and we got paint Cubs and we got a first round pick. So I'm not too worried about it. I think whatever, like the going back to his team though, like the Knights are a very good team. Like Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, Alex Petrangelo, they have a very good team top to bottom. And we've seen that since they've entered the league. So they should beat the jets. Uh, Even though I think like Hellebuck, is the best player maybe on both teams. I really do believe like he's very, very good. And he just doesn't get the support that other top goalies do. So no, no. I don't think there's any question how good of a yeah. goaltender he is. He just, it just yeah. It, it, he needs to prove it in the playoffs. Yes, I, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vegas, like they of course can make some noise. The West isn't as good as the East. It's not going to be as much of a gauntlet. Um, I, it depends I on who they play next, but I think they, I think if there was a year for Vegas to make noise, especially with their situation and not, this would be the year because it's a very open, you know, you know, the, the the landscape in the West is very open. There's really no clear cut favorite. And um, it's really anybody's game. Uh, You know, uh, is it Brossois and uh, the other, who's the other quick. Oh, yes. Right. It is quick. Forgot quick backing him up. I would love somehow for the Kings to play the Knights and for quick to be in net for the Knights. From yeah. a goalie revenge perspective, I think they they did him dirty. You right? almost forgot about forget about Johnny Quick. There. Well, they they did him yeah. dirty, and they they dealt him to Columbus at the deadline, and of course they shipped him right back to Vegas. But for him to he's a he's a New York guy. He's from Ithaca. Um, for mm-hmm. him to get in a playoff series against the Kings, I I think that would be all the motivation he would need. Obviously, Does... he's not the same as he used to be. He's not as flexible. He's not as aggressive he can't do the things he once did back in 2012 but i would love to see that play out i really would 
you know, I think if he's going to, if and when he plans to retire, he's just moved back to New York. And if he's going to do that, he might as well just spend his last year close to home in New York and come be the backup for Devin Levi. Just, just, just That's the thing, though. Like, you, you would like that, but, like, it'll never happen. I feel like I want a better backup, <laughs> you know? Like, he's great, and, like, you you know what I think in ter- I, I think in terms of tutelage and – Obviously, the similarities in their game, that's a guy along Could with be good. As, as we've talked with Flurry, like that type yeah, of guy was exactly. a great those two guys. I, I think don't know if quick giving, I don't know if Quick's giving you 30 games next year. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it'd be tough. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Flurry absolutely could, uh, where he is in his career. I just like maybe quick in like a 20, 25 game Craig Anderson type role, but like you don't want to carry three goalies next year. Like ideally, that's not what you want to do. So no. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I, I I see what you're saying. I as mm-hmm. flexible as he is, as quick as he is, um, no pun intended. Um, him and Levi obviously share a lot of similarities, and like you said, being close to home would be cool. So yep. we'll see. I want to totally the one. Your your boy Dewey will be happy. Dewey, yeah, he's he's uh, definitely going to be happy. Uh, Barzell got the third one. Um, obviously, they're trying to make a series out of it. You know, uh, I mean, you have to. Backs yeah, against I mean, the wall. No, back, are they yeah. playing at home tonight? Yeah, they are at home. Uh no, no, I think that's in Carolina, actually. Yeah, it is. So yeah, because yeah, because Carolina had home ice advantage over there. You get that back to Long Island for game six, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know. As uh as as Dewey likes to call it, the IBS arena, uh, irritable bowel syndrome arena. Yeah. Uh another thing that kind of you know came across our timelines today. Uh, not related to the playoffs is Patrick Berglund's comments about Tage Thompson on right. the wrestling music, pot. wrestling music out of nowhere. Yeah. Like where did this come from? Right. I, 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 here's the thing. I saw them cause Cam Jansen, he's been on, on our program a couple of times. One of my favorite guests they have on very animated, you know, very cool guy. If you ever, you know, want to text him about something, you know, you know, he's, he's always responsive. Always, always a speaking of Dewey Crock. Uh, there he is. Oh, not sure if it's popping up or not. Yeah, no, yeah, I was showing it tonight. I was showing it tonight. Uh, again, just obviously they're um they brought their A game, Dewey. A couple clicks for the aisles, but um, obviously I, I I noticed them kind of advertising that episode uh the day before, and I'm like, huh, Patrick Berglund. Haven't heard that name in a while. And then off the top rope, uh, just out of nowhere, uh, decides to take shots at Tage Thompson and his maturity level at, at, when he first came into the locker room. Like he wasn't an 18, 19 year old kid. Um, and like he, like Patrick Berglund was anything to fucking sneeze at or, you know, like, yeah, I'm sure he was a fan favorite in St. Louis for quite some time. I know they gave him that extension a lot of which he left on the table when he decided to dip on the Sabres because he wasn't happy about the trade to begin with, uh, which is his own fault, him and his own agent's fault for not submitting their their list of teams. Sorry, that's your it's your guy's fault, not ours. Then he dipped on us when he was uh, sl- slotted in to be the second-line center for Buffalo that year. Uh, all worked out at the end, but, um, yeah, I, I was not expecting – See Patrick Berglund of all people take those shots at, at Tage Thompson. Yeah, I mean he's clearly very salty, as you mentioned about the trade, how it went down. I think, yeah, I got you. You hear me? 
Yeah, you're you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. So as I mentioned, um, he's clearly very salty and how the trade went down. Um, he, for whatever reason, obviously didn't work out. He played one or two games for the Sabers, or maybe none at all. I can't specifically remember, but he basically retired immediately after the trade and his career was over. So for him at, at that point, not, not only to mention how Tage came into Buffalo and thought he was a big deal, but also to mention how Tage got drafted by St. Louis as a first round pick, no less, and came in and thought he was a big deal. It was definitely a personal shot and it felt like something deeper between them for some reason, which like at that point, like you're a 12, 13 year NHL veteran, like why are you caring this this much about a rookie in his first year in the league coming into training camp and thinking he's good? Like these guys these days, they have so much skill and clearly Tage Thompson has always had it. Like he's developed his game and he's rounded it out. But like that is why he was drafted. He's always had the skill. He's always had the shot. But for him five years later to like say these things out of nowhere, like I, I haven't even thought about the name Patrick Berglund since he left the Sabres in, in the fall of 2019. Like, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I even said, like, go to bed. Like, nobody cares what you have to say. Like, I just don't, like, now that he was, and he didn't even say anything complimentary about how good he is now. He's just like, oh, everybody's texting my, my friends are texting me now about how good Tage Thompson is. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. Like, fuck you, man. Get out of here. Like, nobody cares. Like, stay in your cottage somewhere in Sweden. Like, nobody cares what you think about Tage Thompson. Oh, it got me. It got me fired up, honestly, because like the road that Tage Thompson has taken to become a top five player in the league is very difficult. And for a career third to fourth liner like Patrick Berglund to be like, oh, this kid when he was a rookie, he thought he was all that, and now I can't believe he's yeah. as good as he is. Like nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares what you have to say. To his point on the Patrick Berglund Tage Thompson comments, um, a guy who quit on this team, a guy who had a temper tantrum about being traded like that isn't something that's going to happen in the, in the business of sports. Um, even the best players in the world have been traded multiple times, whether they liked it or not. Um, I mean, Gretzky was traded twice, twice or three times even. Um, and I guess Patrick Berglund's just too good to, to, was too good to be traded and was unhappy with where he went, even though it was his own fault and his own and his agent's own fault. Tucked his tail, tucked his tail and ran, and then decides to take shots at Tage Thompson of all people. When brought up, just in casual conversation on the Camastric podcast, one of my favorite, you know, uh, hockey podcasts out there. You know, shout out to Cam Jansen, Andy Strickland, and um, he absolutely just sat there and butchered, butchered the Sabers, or I'm sorry, butchered Tage Thompson. And I, I don't understand it at all. It's immaturity on his part. Maybe he's salty. I don't know. Um, well, still salty about what happened in the situation with Buffalo, but he made his choice. You know, he dug his own, his own bed. He has to lie in it. And to Connor's point, just go back to whatever cottage or shanty you're sleeping over in Sweden and just stay there and just be quiet. I'll judge by that sign language. We'll leave it off on that point. But, uh, again, guys, thanks for sticking around. This has been episode 122 of two goalies, one Mike. Again, I apologize for the tech difficulties. Promise to have these all resolved by the next episode. Uh, again, you guys have a great night. Enjoy what's left to be viewed for uh, hockey tonight in the playoffs, and we will talk to you soon. 
Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.